Hello everyone and thank you for tuning in to this new episode of Beats Research Radio, a podcast and YouTube channel that aims to disseminate science and research to the community. My name is Dayanira, a PhD student in biochemistry at the University of Ottawa, and I will be your host in today's episode, which will be part of an episode series that will explore the impact of exercise and in our health. We're honored to be joined by Dr. Catherine Saviston, a professor of exercise and health psychology at the University of Toronto. Dr. Saviston holds a Canada Research Chair in Physical Activity and Mental Health to conduct research uh, related to understanding physical activity, motivation, and mental health, including body image, physical self-perceptions, anxiety, depression, and stress. Her research focuses primarily on females across the lifespanning clinical populations that are the least active segments of the Canadian population. Dr. Savistan holds a Bachelor of Science in Kinesiology and, Ex and Exercise Science by Dalhousie University, a Master's Degree in Sports and Exercise by University of Windsor, a PhD in Kinesiology and Exercise Science, and a Postgraduate Degree in Public Health and Epidemiology by University of British Columbia. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Saviston. Thanks for having me. Yeah, sure. So I'm going to start with the first question and I would like to start by asking you a bit more about your, yourself. Could you explain and share with us uh, what is the focus of your research and what, and what inspired you or what was your motivation to pursue the career that you currently have? Sure. Yeah, so, so my research, um, focuses on really the context of both physical activity and mental health. And those are very broad um, constructs, if you think about it. So we study um, physical activity in the context of, of leisure activity, of exercise, of sport practices, um, anything to do with physical activity. And, and then on the other side of it, in terms of mental health, studying factors related to um, as you mentioned in the introduction, anxiety and depression, so symptoms of mental health, as well as um, uh, body emotions, body image tied to mental health and and um, flourishing and positive aspects of mental health as well. So, you know, we 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 look at the the relationship between these constructs and how they relate to each other. And so what we know is that, you know, physical activity um, reduces some of the symptoms of mental illness, as well as, you know, promotes some of the positive aspects of mental health. But we also know the reverse, so that but, um, mental health and mental illness, the symptomology can interfere with one's motivation and experiences in physical activity. So we study, you know, what that looks like, how can we best um, contextualize physical activity and mental health so that more people are active and enjoying it. Thank you so much. I, I really consider that you, this episode is really important for people that are not really related with the field and to have an expert like you could help us to, with, to provide us with more important information that could help to better educate ourselves because I really think that these topics uh, should be discussed more in the community. Absolutely. And I think, you know, the second part of your question, you know, what inspired me to get involved in the research that I do um, really comes from a place of, as you mentioned, I did all of my degrees in science. And a lot of the work that I did was in a lab and was focused on, you know, experimental work with people. And what I al often realized was, you know, as much as the 
blood marker is showing a certain aspect, I saw the person face to face and I saw the impact that, you know, the, um, the, the drug interventions that we were using or the, or the um, cognitive behavioral therapy that we were using had an impact on people differently than what the um, measured outcomes were looking at. And so early on, when I was in my undergrad working in these labs, I just kept thinking there has to be more. Someone has to start asking people how they feel. And that's where, and, and, and my parents always encouraged me to be the research study participant. So be involved in the studies that you were doing so that you knew how it felt. And across all of those experiences, it just, again, kept making me think, people aren't studying enough about this interaction between what the body's doing physiologically, but also psychologically. And so, and that kind of, you know, my, my career kind of shifted at that moment of my experiences in these labs and seeing that what people are telling you is quite a bit different than what their bodies might look like. Yeah, I totally agree. I think as a researcher, sometimes we focus a lot on the results that we want to have, but we don't really consider how like the people is feeling. So uh, all this part I consider is really important too. Yeah. So thank you. Um, I would like to continue with the second question. And uh, it is um, in your research, do you consider that a multi-sport practice approach uh, could have a positive impact on adult, adolescents' body image perception and their level of embarrassment compared to a single sport practice approach? Yeah, so a lot of the work that we've done recently focused on sport participation specifically is within this context of we know that being physically active across the lifespan has so many benefits. And, you know, from from the research that you've shared with me, like from a heart health perspective, from across all systems. And so and yet we also know that very few people in in Canada and around the world are active at levels that are conducive to those health benefits. And so it really does start with youth. And when we think about youth practices around physical activity, it actually really starts with sport. And so a lot of our research has been focused on sport and this, um, you know, the disconnect between um, participation in sport for girls and boys. And and what we're what we want to know is, you know, why do girls drop out of sport at rates as high as six times more likely than boys to drop out of sports during adolescence? And they're less like girls are less likely to um, uh, like sports. They're less likely to say that they enjoy it, and and so we really want to understand more about that. And studying the sport context, you can you can study it in a bunch of different ways. And so you can look at team sports and individual sports, and then you can look at the number of sports that that people are engaged in and and what that means. So across a, a number of studies that we've done, if I was to summarize it, I would say that generally speaking. Team sports are better for your mental health than individual sports. And we see that as protective effects long term. So when we study adolescent um, mental health, and then we look over time, five years later, we see that in adolescents who participated in team sports were much less likely to be experiencing mental illness symptoms five years later. And that that wasn't the same for um individual sports. And what we talk about is there are benefits to individual sports that are unique to team sports, but the team sport environment where you also have, you have to work together. There's a collective sense of efficacy. There's, um, you, you know, you're producing effects that are, that are not only um, dependent on your own behavior, but on others as well. 
the moral, the moral development, the social development, the connections that you make in a team are all quite important factors when we think about mental health. The individual sports tend to be those weight focused, judgment based sports. Um, and, and so you benefit by being involved in those sports, but you need the sort of social connectedness team element to balance it. And so including a bunch of different types of sports in your practices are better for your mental health. Um, as well as sports that are, um, that, that, differ in terms of the type of uniforms that you need to wear, in terms of the environment that you engage in, are are, are more likely to produce um, positive body image effects. So, you know, in choosing sports that you enjoy, that have different uniform elements to them, that include different aspects of working with other people, and that allow you to feel free to to be in your own body the way that it is um, is important for for especially for girls, but for boys and girls um, that again have these long lasting effects. Thank you so much for that amazing answer. I actually didn't have idea of all of this information, and I think this could also be uh, used by the system to create more strategies to to help our kids like Joe uh, to feel part of something and to feel better with themselves so yeah thank you so much <laughs> so uh well I, I would like to continue with the final question uh that is um what is tra strategies do you think or do you consider that are important for trainers dietitians and other health related professionals to implement for uh reducing an environment where adolescents develop body related shame and guilt it's a really important question because we can, as as leaders in sport and, and around youth in general, again, we want to create a very supportive, protected, I often describe it as like the bubble wrapping around your kids, you know, the kids in, in our in our society, so that they feel like they belong and that and that they can stay belonging and enjoying sport for longer. We know that um, sport and enjoying your sport and feeling like you can do it. So competence and enjoyment are the critical predictors of whether someone will stay in sport and and enjoy and 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 maintain that participation. So as as leaders in these spaces, we want to make sure that that youth are involved in sports that they enjoy that they build their competence, that you can see that you can engage in these things, that there's smaller tasks that they can achieve so that they're getting positive feedback and not these big, you know, goals that are hard to achieve and that there's always this, you know, no, more negative feedback. You want to create an environment where there's lots of little bits of feedback, um, again, that that kids are working together to create a, a, a social connection that, that they have beyond their school environment or their home environment. Um, in in places that we work also we see that kids who participate in sport are very different it's a different environment when you're actually training in your sport versus going to other locations to train so for example some kids will have to train in gyms in community spaces community centers community gyms and those gyms that are chosen by us as leaders to be the place where they train might not be the most protective and supportive environments these kids might see um, people that are, you know, very different than them. They might, um, oftentimes we hear of gyms where there's posters of like, you know, the fit idealized body that, you know, they wanted to avoid and now it's, it, you're facing with it. So the, the social media aspect of these gyms um, can be challenging. So 
like obviously physical literacy um, and and social media literacy is is important when we're working with kids, but also just creating these environments in 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 creating safe and and socially connected spaces where um, everyone, no matter what identity factor we're talking about uh, across the spectrum, can feel like they belong. And and that is the the critical piece in terms of keeping kids in sport. And it really does tie to their mental health as well as their body image generally. And thank you so much. I completely agree with uh, what you are saying here. As Sometimes when you go to the gym, for example, you see these posters of uh, perfect bodies or all the stereotypes that uh, makes you want to fit on those stereotypes. And that is not good for our mental health because personally that has happened to me, like uh, try to compare myself, which is not uh, good for, for like anybody, I think. No, I mean, social comparisons, we often say, you know, it, it's really important to to reduce the, the, the social comparative nature of sport, um, you know, physical activity, sport, exercise, it, they're all environments that are very um, judgment based and socially comparative, and you're out there among others, and there's always people watching you. And, and, and so it's about, um, again, creating strategies where athletes and, and kids generally can, can feel like they don't need to compare to others and that they're they're do, they're in this for themselves and that positive feedback and you know making sure that the environments that they're engaging in are are supportive and and fun is is the critical piece to again like a long life of of not only physical activity behavior but also mental health yeah Thank you so much uh, for this amazing answer and for this incredible interview, Dr. Savison, and for accepting to join us uh, for this episode. And well, I would also like to thank all the Beach Reset Radio listeners for tuning in. And don't forget to uh, like and subscribe to our YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram channels at Beach Reset Radio. And